You are now tuned in to the True Say Podcast, unpacking age-old questions and concepts we reflexively ignore. In this podcast, we're going to revisit topics to help make the critical connections you may have overlooked. Think Quentin Tarantino meets 60 Minutes, where we start at the end and finish at the beginning. Except, in this podcast, we only need 43. I am your host, True Say. Join me as I provide you with a modern perspective. Let's get started. Actually, before we unpack today's topic, I wanted to take a quick moment to thank my sponsors at Bean Bundle, Canada's newest coffee subscription. It's been great. Ever since I stumbled on this service, I've been able to put my mocha pot to good use with beans they sent me from legitimate roasters across the country. Bean Bundle makes it so easy for people like me who are trying to find their particular roast but don't know where to start. The process is super quick. Just visit beanbundle.com, choose the amount of coffee you want on a monthly basis, medium roast, dark roast, whatever your flavor, and they ship you different beans from their latest roster of roasters on a monthly basis. Best part about being from the sixth side is if you live in Canada, they ship to you absolutely free. And if you sign up using code TRUESAY25, you'll save 25% off your subscription. Now, if you've been rocking with the True Save podcast, listen for your cue to get your hot brew provided by Bean Bundle ready, and let's get into it. Welcome back, welcome back, good evening, morning, afternoon, whatever time of day you're taking in the True Save podcast, welcome. Oh, you know, I apologize in advance if you hear my, my chair squeaking. It's honestly been, what, give or take 18 months, this has become my new permanent residence. Like literally, this chair has become more acquainted with me than any other piece of furniture in my home. I think I spend literally 90% of time on this chair, whether it is working, watching something online, reading, thinking, ruminating, brooding, coming up with ideas for the podcast. Like literally, this is where I spend all my time. So if you hear it squeaking, that's a sign of wear and tear. That's showing you how committed I am to staying in the same place where I get my creative juices flowing so that I can come to you refreshed, primed to share an interesting topic, really dive in and give you all that good stuff you come back to and come looking for every week. So obviously you're wondering, true say, Today's, this edition is talking about how to get rich quick. Are you really going to unlock the secret door, unlock that chest of information that tells people how to get rich quick? Well, the short answer is no. That was kind of clickbait. I mean, it was a sense of clickbait, but we're still going to talk about how to get rich quick and how that's like the biggest fallacy there ever lasted. Like, I mean, honestly, there's probably one i don't even know what rich we have to like define what rich even means but then secondly like if we're thinking about it the way i'm assuming we all you you thought when you clicked on this edition was you know how to get a lot of money fast there's honestly i mean aside from winning the lottery which we know is like a one in a hundred million chance and it happens to certain people you can't really there's no rhyme or reason to it right so if we're not talking about sheer dumb luck and we're talking about a strategy to get rich quick I don't really think there is one. Like when you think about it, there isn't anyone who's legally figured out a way to get rich quick overnight. And those that tell you they have gotten rich quick overnight are liars. Because we all know opportunity favors the prepared, right? And many a time, 
the people who are mega rich, let me actually, let me, let me bring it all back. We're, we're excluding people, obviously, who have been born into wealth. That doesn't count. Like if your parents are like fantastically rich and then you come of age and they give you all their money, then I guess in essence, it would sound like you got rich overnight, but you've technically been rich your entire life. And that money was entitled to, not entitled, was going to be gifted to you after a significant period of time has passed. So that's not necessarily getting rich quick. Nor are we talking about like charitable donation and somebody just giving you a whole bunch of money or you winning the lottery or um, what else were you saying? Or anything illegal. Like obviously if you're going to freaking turn into... Uh, what's his name Scarface and and basically go and you know I don't know sell a hundred kilo, kilograms of some kind of illicit substance or narcotic then even then you still couldn't do it quickly so like when you hear this whole this, or I mean well quickly you probably could but we're thinking about like not overnight right so when we're talking about getting rich quick there it doesn't exist and it's so funny that so many people like latch on to it. Anytime you hear somebody trying to pre present you with the idea you can get rich quick, it's typically a farce. It's not real. Either they're going to get rich off of you because they're telling a whole bunch of people um, they're, they're going to get you rich quick and you buy into that fallacy and then they get rich off of your, um, I wouldn't say insecurity, you get, off, get rich off of your gullibility, so to speak, right? So the reason why I'm even thinking about this whole topic is a couple of reasons actually um you know one this edition is going to be the only not the only one of a new series of editions where i'm kind of just shooting the breeze i'm going to completely walk away from my true say model of you know beginning versus the end juxtaposing the two i'm going to completely walk away from questioning a modern you know an age-old question and i mean still kind of the same vein of age-old question but it's gonna be me just shooting the breeze, right? I'm just gonna be kind of talking because I don't know, I've been busy and I didn't have a lot of time to prepare anything. So I've been just thinking, you know, I don't wanna skip a beat and miss a week. So let me just try and just catch up with my true saters and kind of just share some of my thinking over the last week as opposed to trying to come up with a topic and do my research. I just honestly haven't had a lot of time this week. So you're getting this. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope it's something that we can do more of me just kind of talking with you kind of thing, right? Where you're listening to me ramble on, but hopefully you're thinking along or talking to yourself along or, well, you know, even though I can't hear you, I, I know you're out there talking. So we're having a conversation. So anyways, this whole thing about getting rich quick, right? There's so many people who think it's possible and I don't think it is. You look at people like Jeff Bezos or... Uh, Richard Branson or Jennifer Aniston or Odell Beckham, you know, these famous people, these celebrities who have millions of dollars. And when you take a very zeroed in a look at kind of their life, in essence, it kind of does look like they got rich quick, right? When you think about a player who um, got drafted and selected to play a professional sport, they go from literally having zero dollars one day, having like a dollar fifty in their account as college athletes or an amateur athlete, and then you know within a week or two days later they're signing these professional um, athlete contracts upwards of you know with upwards of millions of dollars being committed to them over years, right? And then you're like, okay, well, of course you can get rich quick, or you see somebody online, or you know through whatever kind of media outlet, you see them essentially win millions of dollars overnight via the lottery, right? And like I said, we're not going to be considering that, but away from winning the lottery or doing anything illegal, um, the only other option would be you hear about a movie star, right? Who, 
performed in a film and that film had a supremely large exorbitant box office uh, gross of like you know domestic box office or international box office and then you hear these figures of like 40 million and 50 million dollars were paid to these these actors to um, act in this film right and you're like wow you know they got rich quick and, and then and then you'll even hear about people talking about how um, you know they made an investment in a in some type of commodity and the you know let's even talk about the GameStop share or the GameStop security that went from you know being a, a marginal cost to blowing up significantly to then people were like selling them off for like $16,000 a share and they made a quick sum of money like you know stuff like that but when you really think about it there's no such thing as getting rich quick there's obviously uh, one the reality is opportunity favors are prepared right because even when you think about the movie stars like the example i just presented to you you'll think about i don't know let me think of okay i'm a big marvel fan so that's there's this new guy on the scene simu lu right who is um was relatively unknown prior to becoming a Marvel superhero. Well, he will become a Marvel superhero in the coming weeks, beginning of September. Right, and to many onlookers who look at him will say, wow, like you go from being quote unquote nobody uh, a year ago to boom, now you're you're casted in this new Marvel franchise, so to speak. You're the, now the titular hero in this movie and you're gonna become super famous, have a lot of opportunities come down your way and you know, you're gonna be a star you know either you are a budding star or you're now a star and then with that comes the fame and fortune right so then we look at him and say well obviously he got rich quick all he did was you know get casted for one movie and boom now he's supremely good now he's making millions of dollars and now he's a Hollywood a-lister so what do you mean there's no such thing as getting rich quick true so you just you just basically contradicted yourself well that's where you're wrong because think about it right Simu Lu was acting from stage to commercials to um, low budget uh, projects in Toronto and then from that he got a little casting to be in another low budget show as a supporting actor and then he got his claim to fame in Kim's Convenience another show in, in Toronto so it's like wait a minute to people who didn't follow his history or didn't know anything about him until he got picked up by major media outlets to the untrained eye, it looks like he got rich quick. But in essence, he had been struggling and acting and training and perfecting his craft for years so that when the opportunity to go and actually get it and, you know, be cast for this role, this titular role in this new um, stream of the Marvel Universe, this new Marvel franchise, he was prepared, right? And now he's able to make that money. And now he's able to get the return on that investment, right? So that's like one example of how I've never, I never really quite understand why people believe in that whole idea of getting rich quick. Typically there are people who have like put in the time and the energy and they've either made appropriate investments or they sweat and toil in the shadows. And then when you see them for the first time come to the forefront, all you see is the avails of all that work coming to bear. And because you didn't know about what they were doing in the background, you automatically assume they got rich quick. And then that breeds jealousy and that breeds envy and all those other undesirable qualities or traits that come along with people who are just quote unquote hating on the fact that somebody got what they deserved or what they worked for, right? And then 
it builds in this whole concept that, oh, there's a possibility to get rich quick, which then undermines many people's motivation to want to work at it and build something and be prepared for an opportunity, right? Same thing can be said for like real estate, for example, right? You could be sweating and toiling and saving and saving and saving to get your down payment. And while you're living at home with your parents or while you're renting a small basement apartment or something that is below your means, just so you're able to save some money to eventually purchase something of your own in the form of real estate, many people think you're not doing anything. They don't think you have money. They don't think you're saying anything, right? Let's just say we fast forward. You save up that amount of money you needed to get the down payment. You buy the property and then there's this huge blitz in the market and the property you bought for one dollar is now worth a hundred dollars for sake of argument right to the untrained eye it'll look like you got rich quick because you bought the property so low and now you flipped it for a hundred times what you bought it for and now you've walked into this sur you know a significant amount of wealth so it's like holy like bro you got you're, you're like that you got some money now you're huge like how did that even happen how did you go from being broke one second to now owning a house to now owning multiple not realizing well that didn't happen quickly because while i was you know down and out i was working i was putting in that work and then the opportunity arose for me to now cash in my chips you know put all my house chips in and bet on the house and it came through and i won so it's like, okay, you know what I mean? There's, there's not really this, I, and then there's other folks who will say, well, you know, oh, all I need to do is invest in this commodity, and then when it goes up, I'll make a lot of money, and then I can flip it, and then I'll be rich. Well, it's like, yeah, but even the investment game, you got to have money to make money. So you can hear about somebody like Elon Musk buying billions worth of bitcoin and think well boom now he's once that that commodity inflates in price he's gonna make supreme amount of money of course he is but we didn't talk about how did he get that first set of billion dollars or how did he amass that initial wealth he already possesses to then allow it to grow by way of taking advantage of i'm gonna be like a broken record taking advantage of an opportunity he was prepared for the opportunity right and that's really what it all boils down to when you ask me. There's opportunities abound. There's a boundless amount of opportunities. The question is, how prepared are you to take advantage of them, right? Many times what's gonna happen is you're gonna have something you're doing. And it's like so many things. Sometimes you're doing something that to many people seems like it's like a waste of time, potentially, right? Or it could be, um, you could be ahead of your time, right? And you're doing something that people people just don't understand, right? So you're doing something that people just don't understand. They quite can't they quite they can't quite qualify it or allow or apply some type of quantifiable metric to it. And what I mean is, they can see the energy you're putting in, but because they don't know what the output or the outcome of this exercise will be, they just can't appreciate for what they can't appreciate it for what it really is, right? And much can be said about people, for instance, who, um, you know, invested it, were early adopters to like social media, for instance, or people who, um, let's say, decided to, um, you know, take crypto seriously, or, um, you know, people who decide to open these 
um, gift shops or 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 sweated and toiled to open a cannabis store like you know stuff that at first or even you know decided to create the uber app there's a lot of different things that people won't see the value in at first because it doesn't make any sense it goes against the grain it's unconventional so they're automatically going to think it won't work and because of they don't think it's going to work they don't dedicate any time or mental space to it they don't even think about it anymore right it's out of sight out of mind and then what happens is this idea, this activity, this exercise you had initially thought of, you know, catches catches fire, right? It's ignited by sudden interest or you have this domino effect or like this snowball effect where it just grows and grows and grows as it continues down its path because you get more and more early adopters or you get you convert more and more people to from naysayers to believers, right? And then what happens is you now have this idea that's gained so much traction and now it's gaining not only attention and awareness, but now, boom, you're getting investment. And then before you know it, one day you literally have zero people calling you to a week later, you can't even answer the amount of calls you have and your voicemail is completely overflowing with messages and you can't even collect anymore. And now everybody will say, well, look at that. One minute you were broke and now, boom, that venture, that idea that enterprise that at first meant nothing to nobody is now the talk of the town. And boom, look at Joe Blow. Look how lucky this, this dude is or dudette is. They're now literally making millions overnight. They got rich quick because they, you know, they figured out a quick, they figured out an idea overnight and boom, now they're superstars. When that is never the case. Almost, I can't, I don't think this, I want to know in history when somebody came up with an idea at the drop of a hat and then literally kept the idea in that exact same original form that they conceived it in and then turned it into a multi-million dollar enterprise overnight. I'll wait. Because I don't even know where you could research to find that out. There must have been iteration upon iteration, modification, um, and some informing of the idea, vetting of the idea with other people, um, persuading people why they should bend from what your idea not there. Like there should have, there's probably been a lot of time and investment and money and energy in the whole shebang to turn that idea from simply being an idea or a concept into a like a tangible. Uh, you know, com commodifiable or sellable or profitable enterprise. Those things don't happen overnight. Celebrity doesn't typically happen overnight. Like, for instance, you'll look at, you know, there's a song by Twista who's no longer rapping, but he came up with the song Overnight Celebrity, right? And you'll have people who will get like their 15 minutes of fame, right? Where they'll like, for instance, I can't remember her name, but the woman... Something like, um, something brown, but long story short, she, or not even, you know, let's talk about the Gorilla Glue woman who, and she's not rich, but we can talk about overnight celebrity because that's, tip, that's it kind of goes hand in hand. Most people think celebrity equates to, to money. So, you know, she does the Gorilla Glue thing. She sprays her, her, she glues her head to become like cemented basically. Long story short, she's now getting donations to have the surgery done. And now she's trying to change, turn her her whole experience into a business by having, um, you know, T-shirts and trying to essentially just hold on and clasp on to whatever little, uh, you know, morsel of, of attention that's still there or morsel of awareness about who she is and what she's all about. 
And then, you know, somebody will say, oh, well, look, you know, she just did something stupid and now, boom, she's rich. Well, I mean, not exactly, right? Not, not entirely. Because, yes, it may have been sheer dumb luck she had stumbled upon that opportunity. But there's a reason why she even knew how to get, take advantage of that opportunity, right? It's, it's a combination of A, she obviously had to know how to work a computer. She obviously had to know how to go and, you know, and activate the camera and upload the video, etc. You know, I'm trying to, I'm not, I know I'm reaching a little bit, but in that particular example, there's a way to obviously have an opportunity arise, but then to translate that opportunity into monetary gain would have required some investment of time, energy, and some study, right? If she had the business acumen and let's say the charisma and the charm and the ability to navigate the new social circle she was entering, for all we know, she could have translated that unintentional event into a career. And Cardi B is a prime example of that. Cardi B is like a very crass, um, unfortunately, she's not very articulate. Uh, she has a very, you know, uh, I, I don't want to call it, uh, but, you know, she is who she is. She doesn't try and conform to what society's trying to make her out to be. And she doesn't conform to the archetype of what a celebrity would say, do, wear, and kind of carry themselves, right? And for most people, she comes across as like you're average uh round the way person who you you know you just see down the street the girl next door kind of similarity right she doesn't have that she didn't at first appear to have a quality that would have completely pedestalized her or promoted her to celebrity overnight right so what did she do she took advantage of the platform she had available to her she found a niche where she fit into essentially created the gold standard of how to operate in said niche and then continued to make good decisions, however she did them, I don't know, made good decisions, chose wisely, and executed on every time she was asked to, or met expectations, if not exceeded expectations every time she was asked to, and has been able to sustain and build a career nobody would have been able to have seen for her. But how did she do it? So to many people, it'll seem like it happened overnight. Oh, she was on one TV, one reality TV show, came up with the, and now boom, she's a superstar, right? She's rich now. She got rich real quick. Wrong. That's not the case. Remember, a girl was actually stripping before. She was able to be in front of people without feeling self-conscious. She was able to be the most vulnerable, almost any human being can be by, you know, being an exotic dancer, performing live for strangers on a day in, day out basis. So that prepared her for the level of scrutiny her life is now under. She's used to being scrutinized. She's used to being looked upon and gazed upon. She's used to being the center of attention. She's used to being told that you're not going to be A, B, and C, you're, you're D, E, F, and then proving them wrong, right? She was put through a school of hard knocks, for lack of a better term, for an extended period of time. And then when the opportunity arose, she used that lived experience and learned how to navigate it. And boom, was able to translate that information, that experience into monetary gain. Right. So it's like, once again, it just goes to show you how important it, it's just how important it is to consider where you are in your life and how an opportunity can be something that you can take advantage of, depending on the level of experience you have, depending upon your ability to see how far you can take it. 
I mean, the world's your oyster, right? As long as you have put in the time and energy to prepare yourself for an opportunity so that when it arrives, you can jump on it. And it's funny too, because another example that comes to mind when I think about getting rich quick and how it's so fallacious for somebody, like there's a mistake in, like, you know, mistaking your logic that, you know, I've gotten rich quick and I've gotten rich quick on my own merit. So because of that, I'm now entitled to be rich forever. You know, nothing can take my money away from me. I'm entitled to it now. I'll always have it, you know, that kind of mentality. And like, for instance, I think about once again, you know, I love talking about professional athletes. And but fortunately, this is the beginning. This is the first introduction of a professional athlete conversation for this edition. But other than when I mentioned it earlier, but anyway, I digress. The main point is there's a professional athlete who kind of, you know, got drafted very late or, you know, why am I being so secretive? It doesn't matter. Isaiah Thomas is a young, a young NBA player. He got drafted a few years back. He was the last pick in the NBA draft. So kind of like the forgotten pick. Nobody thought of it more than just a placeholder. Just like, you know, a nice throwaway draft pick. Why not just take a chance on this on this really small or short, undersized guard? He was kind of prolific in college. Who knows what he can do in the NBA? Probably nothing. But, you know, why not? Let's just take a chance. And it, it worked out for the team, right? Not only did he overcome all obstacles, his height, his athleticism kind of being on the lower end of the scale, his... Um, you know, verticality, all those things, all those challenges, he overcame them and blossomed into a star, right? And so he goes from basically getting non-guaranteed deals. So, you know, every day you're playing for your job to then securing a, you know, a pretty significant contract worth like, you know, let's say $27 million over three or four years, which is not peanuts, but in the NBA, is like a huge uh, allocation of money to then getting a subsequent deal that's in and around the same amount of money and um, or getting traded to another team on that deal. And then he kind of had this entitlement now where he realized, okay, I'm good. I'm like an, an all-star level player. I'm, I'm, I'm doing fantastic. Um, NBA teams are going to want me now. I've, I've proven over all my, my, my entire life, you know, because obviously he didn't make the NBA overnight as we just realized he didn't get rich quick. He's been putting in the work, developing his skill set, building his game, and now he's seen the fruits of his labor. So now he's thinking, well, now that I've gotten rich, I'm entitled to it. So there's nothing that I can, there's nothing more I need to do to kind of warrant it, right? I've already arrived. So, you know, money is mine. So I'm going to tell NBA teams now, when I enter free agency and I'm looking for a new contract, his words exactly were, you better bring the Briggs truck. Like, you better bring all the dough you got. If you want to sign me because now i'm that dude right and then you know as fortune would have it he got injured he thought you know the whole precarity of his job became more more visible his 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 whole career became a bit more insecure now that he had an injury so he said you know what i can't allow teams to see that i'm injured i'm going to play through it i'm going to sacrifice my health and longevity so that in the interim, I can secure a nice contract and then have that security in the form of money for a few years while I get better and nurse my injury under the cushiness of having the contract. Well, that strategy didn't work out for him. And long story short, he had to call his season, end his season short. Um, he wasn't able to get any new contracts. He bounced around. He got little small deals here and there to the point now where 
teams are basically not even considering him as a player anymore, right? And I bring him up because now there's been many, he's been doing all he can in the form of social media to broadcast how he's still talented, how he still deserves to play the, you know, amongst the best. But more importantly, he's thinking I deserve to get that money that I was entitled to. And then there's that challenge with getting rich quick. That's what's so what's so interesting about it. Because once you get rich quick and you get these things, you automatically believe that no matter what you do, you deserve it, right? And I'm entitled to it now. And then there's a lot of a lot of people lose sight that you know what easy come, easy go. Right? And that's the luxury of having a lot of that work built into getting somewhere because you can navigate those missteps, you can navigate around them. You can have contingencies in place. So in the event that first avenue gets blocked or is no longer an option, you can divert and be agile in real time and pivot and go down that other road. Right. And I don't think he had that in mind because he had worked so hard to get in that he forgot what it takes to now stay in. And that's another thing that happens is so often with people who assume wealth so quickly. They put in all this time and energy to get the opportunity to assume wealth. And they get there and then they forget that it wasn't something they got overnight, right? They did a lot of work. There was a lot of trials and tribulations they had to go through in order to get there. And then they completely lose sight of all that thinking, all that experience, all that lived and learned lesson. And they now assume this new persona that completely forgets about where they came from. And now they have this air of entitlement. This, this air of prestige and luxury, I, you know, they're speaking about themselves in the third person. They, they forget that it wasn't always their life. This wasn't always how things were for them. Things didn't always come easy. And then you get comfortable. And that's the funniest thing about this whole idea of getting rich quick. And now people automatically assume that once you're there, all your stressors, all your worries are supposed to just disappear. No, if anything, they amplify because it's always easier to get there, even though getting rich is supremely difficult. But that's always the easy part. Funny enough, it's staying there that's not easy. Anybody would tell you, you know, getting some, getting up into uh, a job is easy. But the higher up you go, the more insecure your role is. See, you'd think, okay, if I'm working for a company and I become the vice president, I'm good. Well, yeah, you're good for now. But bottom line is, if that company needs to downsize, traditionally, what would happen is they want to try and knock off the larger budget line items that are available. Those are usually the highest salary people. VPs, directors, managers, those are typically the people you want to get rid of because I can get rid of one and save a whole department as opposed to having to lay off 40, you know, 10 people. I can lay off one person who had who was making 10 people salary doing not even doing the same amount of work. Now, we know that doesn't always happen in every case, right? There's some companies that do everything they can to protect and reward their senior leadership, even though they're undeserving. But in this particular context, we're talking about people who think that the higher I ascend, the less likelihood I have to topple. Which is not which is not really smart thinking. The higher up you go, unless you're ensuring your foundation is solid and also growing along with you, it's way thinner up there in terms of your your you know you have a lot farther to fall from. Is what I mean. What I'm trying to say. 
So now you have Isaiah Thomas, who is not in the NBA, free agent. Teams are kind of giving him a little bit of interest because he's putting on this whole sob story. And then, you know, he, he wants you all to feel bad for him. And I do. My heart goes out to him. I wish you were consistently making tens of millions of dollars entertaining people by playing the love of your life basketball. At the same time, you've made millions of dollars up until now. More money than I'll ever make. Well, in that span of time. I wish I had your opportunity. I wish I had the opportunity to have gambled it away and thought that I can say what I want to say and expect that people, you know, they are now entitled to it. So, you know, bear in mind, to each their own, we all make mistakes. We all sometimes get a bit braggadocious. Sometimes the grass is always greener. Sometimes, you know, you know, hindsight is always 2020. Of course. I mean, I bet you if he, if he had the opportunity now to backtrack on his comments and ensure he didn't rub people the wrong way or made sure not to burn any bridges, he would have. And now he's trying to scramble and figure out a way to go about mending those relationships and getting another opportunity. And don't get me wrong, there's probably a number of people who've come before him who've broken relationships and were braggadocious and it worked out for them. But you know, what goes for Tom doesn't go for Harry. Just because you see one person excel so quickly and get to these heights doesn't mean it'll be the exact same experience for you. And, and that's, that's kind of the problem with why so many people dislike or are not one or you know quick to go and pedestalize people who do fun things 24-7 to make money. You know, they say that they, people will be quick to cheer you up when you rise, but will cheer even louder when you fall because all it does is show that you can put in minimal effort, at least to the naked eye. You can do something that's fun looking 24-7 and make tons of money doing it. And I don't get to wake up every day and have fun and make money. So now why am I going to feel bad for you when you're not able to make money having fun? You had your opportunity. You had your fun. You spoiled it now. And now you're, you're basically begging and crawling and pleading with folks to give you that same platform again. And if we do, what, how are you going to change? Are you going to now look out for others who come after you? Are you now going to make it a, a, a mission of yours to prevent other people from making the same misstep you did? We don't know. Nor is it our prerogative to figure that out. Because as we were struggling trying to figure out how to get rich, you could care less about us. So, you know, I'm going to give you a second to listen out for this famous, famous signal. Yep, you heard it. I know it's pretty foreshadowing there by giving you an indication of when it was going to come. But it's an opportune time for you to take a pause, get a libation, get a beverage, hot or cold, soft or hard. And, you know, come right back and let's continue to finish off this shooting the breeze edition of uh, the true say podcast okay so hopefully you got your beverage you're feeling good you're feeling refreshed i think it's probably time for me to give you my you know close things off and then kind of usher right into the last closing thought for this edition before i close or before i sign off i should say and that you know regardless of how you go about it regardless of how you feel or where you feel your actual monetary value is determined how it should be determined i should say i don't know it's just important to really 
take stock of how much work and energy needs to go into it in order to not only get there but stay there you know there's just i just feel like there's so much wool being pulled over our eyes when it comes to understanding where people are in their life how they assume wealth and how they maintain it there's a lot of things that are happening in very clandestine fashion there's a lot of things happening behind closed doors there's a lot of nepotism going on and you know wealth begets wealth so uh, there are a few people who are fortunate enough to be chosen amongst the many you know they say many are called few are chosen right and those few who are chosen give us hope and then a lot of the time that hope begins to like evolve and change and modify into this dream and fantasy right and the more you get called and drawn to this fantasy the, the less and the less um or i should say the more out of touch with like reality we become or not even that the more we want to escape reality the more desperate we we cling to this this homage this vision this dream of what life should be for us right i think a lot of the time we overestimate our abilities or we overestimate um i shouldn't say our abilities we, we overestimate the amount of difficulty and rigor and um thought and design that goes into curating a particular lifestyle or curating how to go about accumulating wealth right like getting rich quick is either afforded to some because they were able to show some type of promise or talent or skill and they're now being integrated into a pre-existing infrastructure that already had like a money churn attached to it and now it's about just breaking them off their piece of the pie right we're not talking about people who are creating a completely new industry and then happening overnight and then that industry just taking off and blowing up no those things happen over time over generations there's a lot of things that have to be first in place before you can then utilize that opportunity and your preparation can be utilized and then leverage that opportunity like like the uber example i mentioned yeah to the obviously you look at it and say oh uber is simple they just utilize pre-existing infrastructure like they use people's phones and they use people's cars and they use people's um familiarity with apps right but see there's a lot of things that had to happen for them to be able to a leverage that new learned behavior leverage that social protocol and then they had to convince many people that jumping into a stranger's car would be commonplace and could be you know trusted even to this day some i'm still skeptical about it many a time i don't know i don't feel comfortable a lot of the time jumping into an uber it's still not second nature to me i'm still on high alert even though i would you know you you put your trust in this person who you don't know what kind of driving record they have you don't know if they've been what kind of vetting process they've gone through and you're just kind of doing it but i'm digressing once again but reality is the people who created uber trusted that or had faith that their idea their concept would catch life and that that early adopter group would allow slow adopters to essentially grow out their pool and help them establish a now very promising venture very promising enterprise that's moved into a variety of different sectors and industries right so it's like not to say that you know you no one has a skill no one should be 
uh, believe in their talent. No one should see an opportunity that looks too good to be true and not invest in it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that, oh, you know, your life is where it is right now. There's nothing you can do about it. Give up on getting rich because that's just not going to happen. That's not the case. Nor am I saying that you're entitled to a life of mediocrity or you're entitled to a life of being average. No, everybody is special in their own right. Everybody is unique. We all have something to give to this world, something to leave behind, a mark we can make. The planet is massive and 70% of it is covered in water. So just imagine how much, of the, how much of the undiscovered planet we have left to see, how much you can leave a mark, how much you can do to impress upon the future generations that they can do great things as well. Like There's things you can do, no matter how small or how big. But I don't know what it is about this idea of getting rich quick. I think it's a combination of the system we live in, and this could be essentially adapted to any context, any locale, any region across the globe. It's given us this idea that life is supposed to be miserable. And the only way to avoid a miserable life is to have a lot of wealth. Because everything in life that's good and fun is apparently attached to money. And that's why this whole idea of how to get rich quick is so clingy. It's why it's so easy to attach to. Because a lot of our lives are governed by our monetary value or how much money we have access to. And that's just not true. Right, we you'll be told time and time again, the true the true wealth, the true happiness, the true deliverers of, of fun and joy cannot be bought. But regardless, everybody is so drawn to it. It's like it's I don't even want to say it's human nature because it's taught, it's nurtured in us. The minute you see hardship, you're it's immediately attached to well, if you had the money, you could get away from that hardship. But then even this whole last year and a half has showed us that no amount of money you have can prevent illness. No amount of money you have can even cure you from that illness. It didn't matter. For the most part, people rich, old, young, poor were still getting consumed. And many of them rich. They were not safe. So it's like, what does money really get for you? What does getting rich quick get for you? Yes, it provides you with luxuries. Yes, you can have more you know sovereignty over your time yes hopefully those things will translate into more happiness hopefully you can use it well but even people who had money aren't happy because they don't have something else so it's like why are we driving ourselves nuts about getting rich quick nobody freaking knows the rich are happy and they make it they tell us they're happy but then you hear about them getting divorced and you hear about them splitting up and you hear about them doing crazy things you know what the question is always going to be asked in perpetuity and we're only scratching the surface so keep it locked in come back next week who knows maybe we'll do a part two but until then stay safe i'm your host true say peace